0: What's up, Michigan, and welcome to a very special edition of State Champs Michigan's Hang Time Podcast. This is a girls basketball only podcast for the first time since I think any time we actually have the boys and the girls in terms of basketball finishing in the same week. So here we are as a network trying to cover Quarters, semis, finals, all going on at the same time in both sports. They've got staggered days, so we figure let's stagger the podcast. We'll cover the girls uh, after their quarters and preview the semis and what we expect to see in the finals. And uh, then we'll do the same for the boys uh, the next day. So joining me today as we are having a girls basketball discussion is the man on the girls basketball beat. He is the managing editor of StateChampsNetwork.com. He is Matt Mowry. And Matt, uh, thanks for doing this. Uh, Let's, you know, we're in the final week. So uh, let's see how things shake out.
1: Exactly. This should be fun, I think. We're, we're going to tell ourselves that this will be fun, but yeah. yeah, you're right. It's it's been it's been an absolute, you know, it, it's been wild trying to flip back and forth quickly between one sport to the other, between boys and girls. But it, it's once we get through this week, we'll probably look at back at it and
0: think it was fun. No doubt, no doubt. Let me get to some business first. State Champs Michigan's Hang Time podcast is presented by Lawrence Technological University. Recruit yourself to one of two dozen varsity-level sports, including women's basketball, at Lawrence Tech. Simply log on to ltuathletics.com and click the Recruit Yourself link. Hang Time is also brought to you by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. The MHSAA needs officials. Go to mhsaa.com. Great part-time pay, stay connected to the game, support the kids, and give back. Also, so get paid help wanted just whistle go to mhsa.com slash officials the pros at the Detroit Medical Center's physical therapy and sports medicine team are proud partners. Check out our Game changer segments with helpful injury prevention and recovery tips. Find them on our State Champs YouTube page or on our website statechampsnetwork.com or on the State Champs Michigan social media channels. And for immediate access to care, go to dmc.org slash gamechangers. And finally, the Detroit Athletic Club Foundation's Male and Female High School Athlete of the Year Awards, the State The state's elite athletes will be honored with a red carpet gala on Monday, June 14th at the Incredible DAC in downtown Detroit. This year's nominees to be announced next week. Look for some live presentations put on by state champs next week as we introduce this year's male and female nominees. For more information, head over to DACAthleteOfTheYear.com. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a division by division. We're going to start in Division One. We'll do a little bit of a quarters recap. I'll read the score. We'll get Matt's thoughts on these. Then we'll get into the semis and what we think should end up in the finals. First off, uh, in division 1. Wayne Memorial and Temperance Bedford got together. It was Wayne Memorial winning that one 59 to 35. They moved on to the semis and it was also Detroit Renaissance going up against a very good uh Lands Cruz uh what? North team, right? Is that what yes. Lance yep. Cruz yep. North. Lance yes. North? Yes. Yep. Who were who were uh, I believe 19 or 18 and 0 coming in. Uh Yes. And it was uh, it was Renaissance who's had this surge as of late in uh, beating quality opponents. They win 74 to 64. So that sets up Wayne Memorial and Detroit Renaissance going at it in the first semifinal.
1: Yeah, you're right. It, it has seemed like Detroit Renaissance flipped a switch in the last week or so. Really, um, I watched them against uh, Gross Point South in the regional semis and they looked good, but not great. And then they came out two nights later. And just absolutely took apart a very, very good Catholic League champion in Farmington Hills Mercy. It seems like now that they've gotten to the point where they were last year, you know, especially at that point and now beyond, it seems like they can smell it. And you can tell that they've, I I was unsure. We knew that Renaissance was one of the contenders. We thought at the beginning of the season they were, you know, a 1A right there with East Grand Rapids right behind uh, Edison as one of the top you know two three teams in the state but they hadn't really seemed like it and they'd been in a lot of big games but they'd lost some of those and it just seemed like there was something off with the mojo and it seems like whatever that was that was a little off in the mix wasn't talent certainly it wasn't really injuries it was just you know them kind of wanting to flip that switch and it, it seems like that switch is on now for renaissance
0: Yeah, absolutely. And on the flip side, the Zebras uh, were a team, again, I got to see fairly early in the season against an undefeated Belleville team at the time, just dominated from the get-go, running and gunning, led by uh, their power forward, Alana Michelle. I know she missed a little bit of time kind of later in the season. They did suffer some defeats, but I am not surprised at all that they are in uh, contention for playing for a state final. No,
1: and it was with the KLA teams. It was hard because, like with Heartland on the other side, it was hard to tell. They didn't have a whole lot of non-conference games. The KLA wanted them to play kind of inside the conference. So, other for Wayne, other than a couple of opportunities to play outside the conference, the East Division of the the KLA has not been as strong below Wayne for the last, you know, four or five years. So they really haven't gotten challenges. So it's kind of hard to tell, you know, exactly how good the Wayne team was. You know, I know when you covered them, um, you you talked about them thinking that this was one of their better teams, even though this is a, you know, a team that's that's made, you know, three trips to the semis now in four years. Um, and it certainly is a deep team. It just it was hard to tell because they hadn't been tested as much, and they'd lost some of it. Right. Renaissance was a little the same way, um, but yeah, it's it's a Wayne team that that obviously around Alana Michaud, they've got you know other scores: Lashelle Austin, Devi Matthews, Mayla Hamm and Paris Basque. It's yep. a deep team in that sense, and they were able to kind of stay afloat when they didn't have Michaud. This is one of the weird things because this will be one of the times that Renaissance will actually have someone bigger than Shannon Wheeler in the middle that she'll have to match up with that battle between those two who can come out on top or who can dictate the tempo too. I know both of these teams really want to speed the other team up, you know, and kind of get out and run. Um, Wheeler's advantage may be when they do press Renaissance, she kind of plays a free safety role right in the middle of of that that pressure defense, and she picks off a lot of passes that just is instantaneously gone the other way. So it, it, it's going to be, you know, whichever team. That loss to Renaissance that Wayne had earlier in the season, it was 73-65. Um, that's one that Shane Lawall still holds up as one of the best in that first half defensive performances that his renaissance team has had all season long so if they could duplicate that certainly i i think this is a chance for renaissance you know renaissance had a run like uh like Wayne has had in recent years between 2006 and 2011, making the semis five times in the finals three. I think if, if Renaissance can impose its defensive will on this game, as it has been for the last couple of games, then they make another trip to the semis or to the, to the finals after, after the semis.
0: Yeah. They met uh, last uh, February 27th and uh, yeah it was uh, Renaissance who uh, came out on top on that one we'll see how that one shakes out Uh, and again Division 1 again with the teams we had in the quarters just loaded I mean the top teams everywhere and uh, so some of these matchups could have been state finals there's no question about it and uh, at the bottom of the bracket um, you had two extremely good teams going at it Uh, 20 win Hudsonville team up against a 16 win East Lansing team and you talked about Hudsonville and kind of how they were just not taking it. or Teams should never take them for granted or lightly at all because uh, they're strong. They're powerful. Uh, they win uh, 56 to 42 uh, and, uh, and get themselves into the semifinals. Uh, again, beating an East, East Lansing team that I believe on paper was favored.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would think probably that was a, more of a paper. And it, and it was based off the rankings. Certainly East Lansing was unbeaten they were not the same team that maybe made the trip to the finals a couple of years ago with, with a miss basketball. Um, and they were another in the CAC. They played a lot of the, you know, they played Hazlitt, they played Williamston, they played the local, you know, powerhouses, but they really hadn't branched out across the state to play. We, we knew that they were a very good team. I don't know if we really had quantified that they were an elite team. Right. necessarily. Yeah. Even you had they them. They
0: were unbeaten. Yeah, yeah. You had them four or five respectively. You still had Hudsonville. Yeah. At fourth in your final right. rankings, and, yep. and
1: East Lansing yeah. right behind them. Yeah, and ab- absolutely. And I think Hudsonville, quite honestly, played in a tougher conference, and quite honestly, played in a, co- a tougher district. Certainly, with you know East Grand Rapids and Byron Center on their on their schedule this year. I think this is going to be kind of a matchup when they get to the semis uh, against Dow of two programs that don't really get the respect they deserve. I think Hudsonville has been, you know, kind of a, a, a Taken a backseat to East Grand Rapids and, and East Kentwood even in their own conference and Byron Center, you know, all of which are good stories and very good programs. No, no, no shame there. Dow was kind of the same way for years with Saginaw Heritage. Yes, Heritage was a very, very good program and won two state titles. But I think everybody kind of assumed that the gap between Heritage and everybody else in that conference was immense. And it really wasn't. I mean, yeah. Dow has been right with them. We for, talked about for it for years. years. Yep. yeah. And it's and Dow's won a share of seven straight conference titles and averaged twenty wins over the last seven years. Third straight district. This is their first regional since twenty ten. Partly because they kept running into Heritage in the postseason, whether it be in the districts right. or in the regional semifinals. You know, it, it wasn't a huge gap. I think this this is their first time getting this far. Certainly, yeah. Hudson's been here. Hudsonville has been here once. They were here in 2015-16. The only other trip to the quarterfinals for Dow even was in 2009-2010. Uh, yeah. when they lost to Canton in the quarter. So this is kind of new territory for them.
0: Yeah. You're gonna be and, in a position and, and, and before you do before you go there, let's just talk about the win. I mean, beating Heartland, we had Heartland yeah. number two in the state. Uh I certainly expected Heartland to be there uh in the finals. Uh, even though I knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe no matter who they played, uh, it just seemed like the Eagles were poised uh to to uh, fight for a state championship this year. And uh boy, I mean credit Midland down what they must have done defensively uh as the uh, 20 and 0 uh, Eagles bow out only scoring 32.
1: Yeah and and with with Hartland it was it was one where when we did the picks David and I uh before And I actually initially had Dow in there and then I went, "Mm." and especially because you always with the picks want to kind of, you know, jazz it up a little bit and, and have some where you pick different things. So I saw that David had picked Dow. I picked Heartland, partly because with a Heartland team with Don Palmer, since he's been there, he's built it up to be a program that has made repeated trips to the quarterfinals. They just have not gotten past that quarterfinal block. And I thought maybe, you know, when you keep knocking on the door, eventually either, you know, you kick the door in or it falls on you, one of the two, you know? So it's, I thought maybe, okay, well, they've been there so many times. I believe it's three out of the last four years. They've been to the quarters. You know, they run into a Wayne Memorial or they run into, you know, whoever it happens to be on the East Side that they're, that they're running into. It just seemed like maybe it was time for Heartland to finally be able to kick in the door. And it, quite honestly, this is a Midland-Dow team that was giving up size at almost every position right. to Heartland. It's something that's going to be a factor again against Hudsonville. But they, they're just – Kyle Tyson's teams at Dow do a couple of things. They shoot really well. They play defense Really well, and they do not beat themselves. It's one of those where, you know, they, they might you might have more talent than them and beat them on a given night, but it's not because they gave the game away. It's always because, you know, you you just had a better shooting night. Now shooting can be one of those things that comes and goes, but defense always travels, as the saying goes. They're a team that you know Dow has hit 188 three pointers on the season, connecting at a 34% clip. So this is a team that can shoot and shoot very well. You know, the, like we said, with the matchup with them with Hudsonville, it's going to come down to if they can handle that size because Hudsonville no Dow's got nobody on the roster over Abby Ray at five ten. Um, they were har- outsized against Heartland as well. Hudsonville has six kids on the roster listed at six foot or better. Three of them in J.C. Tubergen, uh, Maddie Petrole, and, and Emily Coston. And all start, and then they've got Kinsley Hatsfield and Ashley Strick off the bench, you know, and then you've got Eva Joldersman and Alana Diaz, neither of whom are, you know, tiny. So it's going to be one of those, again, where they're kind of outsized. Um, but you can make up with that when, when you shoot the ball very well and you play defense. And I think in the win over Heartland, it was just a, a street, I believe it was a it was double digit points. I think it was thirteen, maybe thirteen, nothing. You know, stretch where they just held Heartland scoreless, yeah. and were able to kind of get some separation and pull away. And then once you do that, once you shoot, you know, it, once you get that separation, if you shoot free throws pretty well, you handle the ball pretty well, you can kind of manage a fourth quarter if you've got a lead like that when you can do those two things
0: yeah and they only uh defensively have played incredible all season long they only gave up more than 46 once all season and that was against a very very good flushing team uh in early february where they gave up 55 but they turned around scored 76 in that one so they won convincingly and could turn it on whatever they have to so whatever's necessary uh what we'll do is we'll give you matt's division one predictions at the end of the show we'll go through all four divisions and kind of pick who you think will be in the finals and what the result will be let Let's move on right now to uh, division two and what took place there. And again, uh, this is another division that uh, you know has got some uh, emerging talent and we've got some familiar faces uh, and you know quite uh quite a representation of the state here in Division two as we move forward we'll start with the top of the bracket uh Detroit Country Day, which you had talked about uh, a couple of times on the podcast that uh, hey look out the yellow jackets post Frank Orlando seem to now finally have it together and are back where uh, they feel they belong. They beat Imlay city forty five to forty and it was Nueva. And Wayland uh getting together on the other side. Nuego have an incredible season. It continues uh twenty wins now for them. They win convincingly fifty one to thirty-five to set up that matchup between Country Day and Nuevo.
1: Yeah, and certainly we we've talked before that that the complexion of the Division Two tournament changed that one Thursday night when we found out that not only was Edison out of the tournament, so was Chandler Park, two contenders in D1 that certainly changed it. But yeah, Country Day came through that same regional that those two would have been in. And yes, this is a team that is very young, but I think this is this team's peak is in a couple of years yet, even with, right. with the youngsters that they've got, you know, um, New Ego is a team that, that was set to play Grand Rapids West Catholic, um, in the regional finals last year when COVID halted everything, they were having a very good season last year, ended up getting that rematch in the, in the, uh, uh regional finals this year. And and yes, it was a West Catholic team playing without their stars, Abby Kimball and Caden Steikstra. But I think Newego would have certainly played with them. They get past that and then they get past a Wayland team that that uh, really kind of was a little overmatched, it seemed like, on, on Monday night. Uh, they've got sisters Jay- Jaylee and Jaxie Long, a senior and a junior, along with Emerson Gooden and Anna Brummel. This is an, a, a team that's kind of been working toward this, you know, haven't been past regionals since they won Class C titles in 84 and 85. You know, a lot of the times they've been running into the Grand Rapids West Catholics or, you know, Catholic Centrals or whoever on the West side that that kind of have kept them from getting back. but. This could be they're going to have a hard time containing the Country Day front court of Chelsea Abulu and, and Jaden Jade both of who are right both of whom are right around six foot and are kind of double doubles waiting to happen. I think everybody looks at the young ball handlers that Country Day has and Emma Rico and and sophomore Asia Yokely and, and tries to speed them up, tries to get them to make the freshman and sophomore mistakes, and it, and it really hasn't happened up until this point. It's it's kind of one of those where it's a. Ju- juicy looking target to go after those youngsters, but uh, so far they've been able to handle everything. It's going to be kind of uh, interesting how those defensive matchups play out in that game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At the bottom side of the bracket, uh, we had uh, Escanaba who had played their way into the quarters and uh, Portland, uh, who was also uh, another really good team this season that plays a lot of good competition. uh, 17 wins coming in. Uh, and uh, Portland took care of business, 147-41. to 41. And then on the other side, you had uh, another Catholic League team we hadn't talked about uh, a whole lot, Ann Arbor Father Gabriel Richard, who had made their way into the uh, State Division Two quarterfinals, going up against Parma Western. Uh, both teams, um, you know, s- close records. It was uh, similar, you know, and quite frankly, it looks like the game played out the way ex- we expected. Uh, Parma Western with a three-point win, winning 53-50.
1: Yeah. Parma Western was another one of those teams along with Portland that were right on the cusp of making, you know, possibly a jump into the top 25 all season long. You know, Portland was a team that we have mentioned before, kind of got overshadowed in the Lansing area by East Lansing, by Hazlitt, by the big teams and yeah. by the, you know, kind of traditional powers and for quite honestly for the past four or five years by West failure right down the road from them. Right. Um, it's, it's, their only two losses for Portland this year were to East Lansing and Williamston. They've won 12 12 straight since then. They're back-to-back CAC white champions. They were getting ready to play. They had lost to Frankenmuth last year in the postseason, so they got to avenge that loss in the regional finals. And then you had a, a first-time quarterfinalist in Escanaba. I don't know if you remember when we were covering softball when Escanaba won it a couple years oh, yeah. ago. And Nicole, Nicole came in, plunked a home run off the light tower. Well, right. her primary sport, yeah, the first baseman, her primary sport is basketball. She's going to Grand Valley, and she Led them to the quarterfinals, but it it was one of those where the you know. They kind of had reached, I think, their, their probably their their peak. Portland has just been in the postseason, just been absolutely destroying people. They've got junior Ashley Bauer who passed the thousand point plateau during this postseason run, has already broken the school's scoring record with a thousand seventy-seven points going into the quarterfinals. She had twenty-six in the win over Frankenmuth. She gets plenty of help from Ava the two Avas, Ava Gruber and Ava Gulford and Olivia Densmore. This for for Western, this was a first ever, this is kind of uncharted territory for them, first ever regional title. They played a very, very good schedule. It was one where you know they they had a lot of teams on the schedule that really tested them throughout the season. They're led by Hillary Griffin, Alina Lewis, uh, Lily Luma, and Reese Hitt. Lewis, especially in the in the quarterfinal win, was huge. She had 13 of her game high 25 points in in the fourth quarter of the quarterfinal win over Gabriel Richard. Griffin had been kind of the go-to in the first half. She had 11 of her 14 points, but she was one of two from the free throw line with 51 seconds left to force Gabriel Richard into a three-point try on their last possession, and then they were able to kind of pad it with free throws after that. It's one of those that will be interesting because sometimes when you get a team, whether it be Escanaba in the the quarters against uh, Portland or Palmer Western, they're so new to this they don't know that they shouldn't you know you know the, those we shouldn't win kind of things don't really register in their brains because they've never been here before so sometimes those teams can be the ones that are the most dangerous because yeah they're kind of living on off house money and and they're they just don't they don't feel like they need to follow the, you know, kind of the, the common wisdom sometimes. So those are the teams that sometimes are the dangerous ones that can upset somebody. But is, this one's going to be a good one. I, I think, though, the way Portland has been playing, that probably they're going to come out on top of that. But as you said, we'll, we'll do the predictions at the end.
0: Yeah, And as you astutely alluded to, once Detroit Edison bowed out, Everybody in Division 2 said, hey, guys, we need to play our best because we got a chance here. And so, you know, that's what's going to make Division 2 so interesting uh, as uh, things progress here on Wednesday. And then, of course, in the championship on Friday in Division 3, we move over to there. That is actually where Matt spent some time on Monday for his quarterfinals matchup is covering some Division 3. We'll start at the top of the bracket. We had Grass Lake, who we have uh, talked about, and who, who you have lauded all season long uh, as to uh, what a squad that is. They make their way to the semifinals as they beat Brooklyn Columbia Central forty-nine to thirty-six. They will go up against Hemlock, who went up against Madison Heights Bishop Foley. We had a lot of Catholic League representation actually in uh-huh. the in the uh, quarters and uh, in the playoffs overall. Hemlock though wins. 53 to 46 to set up that matchup with uh, Grass Lake.
1: Yeah, and, and I use even used the the allusion that I just made to house money. Bishop Foley was kind of playing with that as well because they'd never won a regional title before. And all of a sudden they find themselves up 27 to 20 at halftime on a hemlock program that I think hemlock's peak maybe if you looked at their, you know, championship window might have been last year when they had a lot of these kids who are their, you know, ball handlers and shooters now paired with a lot of size they graduated that size last year at the, at the end of the season so really they struggled <laughs> all game long on Monday to contain uh, Bishop Foley, six footer Melanie Moore, who went for 22. And there were some points where it just like, looked like they would connect, they would contest the post entry pass. But once she caught it, it was like, okay, take your shot and we'll just try to get the rebound because you've got kids that are, you know, four inches shorter than her trying (laughs) to grasp at her shoulders. And it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't an issue. Right. But they, they have, they do have very good ball handlers and very good shooters. Uh, Both Chloe Watts, and Reagan Finkbeiner who were not hitting at all in the first half. You know, Bishop Foley was playing kind of a soft zone against them to and letting them have the outside shot. And Hemlock was taking the shots, getting very good shots, and just not hitting them. Finkbeiner went off for four three-pointers in the third quarter. Watson hit two very key three-pointers early in the fourth quarter. And it was kind of the same thing where it allowed them to then, you know, pull the ball out and, and pass it around and play a little keep away. They've got, you know, both those kids average 15 points. Both can hit the three. They've hit tons of them this season. And Unlock's a, a team that, you know, maybe didn't have the, the – you know, the, the Tri-Valley Conference where they play, lots of good teams. You know, we're talking about Saginaw Nouvelle that was still alive last night. Um, they they played a very, very tough schedule, got battle-tested. They played Dow. They played a Standish Sterling team that was alive as of a, a couple games ago. Played a D1 team in Bay City Western. They played Nouvelle. You know, it's, it's a very battle-tested team. It's a program that's kind of been on the cusp of this for the last, you know, half-dozen years still grass lake schedule reads like my top 25 list i mean yeah arbor prep chandler park columbia central parma western renaissance edison their bugaboo in the last couple of years and we've talked about this before has been getting out of districts and getting that postseason run started a lot of times it's been their conference rival michigan center that has knocked them off early it's one of those where grass lake looks like they're on a mission i mean they've got you know They've got ball handlers. If Hemlock wants to speed them up, you know, Alexis Bargeser, Avery Cabana, and Gabby Lechka can all handle the basketball. It's not going to be one where Hemlock is challenged by side because Grasslake Lake really doesn't have much size either. Their guards are their tallest at 5'10. Um, but it's going to be one where probably it's going to be a very up and down game. It could be a game that's in the 70s uh, as far as scoring, but I think Grass Lake just has more firepower.
0: Right on the bottom side of the bracket, uh, Kent City and Schoolcraft got together. This one wasn't even close. Kent City taking care of business, winning fifty-two to nineteen. On the other side, uh, we had some Northern Michigan teams going at it, and we had Calumet taking care of Maple City, Glen Lake, seventy-three to sixty-nine. And um, you know, th- those were two teams that uh, you know both had nineteen wins coming in. Um, I. I had figured that Glen Lake was the team that would get through, but there you go. Uh, Calumet's not just a hockey school.
1: Right. Well, and I figured that Glen Lake might get through, partly because it was one of those where if you see a team and you see them compete well, I know, I think it was last year at the Icebreaker Classic that Ipsy Prep always has, Glen Lake played Midland Dow and took them to overtime, and that was a Dow team that ended up winning the Saginaw Valley – or. Yeah, I think they they lost in the tournament finals to Carmen Ainsworth, you know, and obviously still alive now. When when as a D three team, you can compete on that level, and and Glen Lake is always one of those teams that will play a challenging schedule. You look at the 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 lineup of teams that Calumet has beaten in the last five games. You've got a fourteen win Nagani team, a thirteen and one Menominee team. Seen Ignis that bumped up from D4 and was kind of laying in the weeds, ready to knock somebody off if they weren't paying attention. And then right. a 19 win Glen Lake team, combined 60 and 10, those five teams are. Right. Last, it's, it's been a while since Calumet has been here. Last time they were this far was 2014 15 when they beat Flint Hamadi for the Class C title. It's just their second trip this far. Uh, it's, but it's the first ever trip for Kent City. They've lost their other four quarterfinal appearances before this one. This is a Kent City team that you almost felt bad for just because they always kept running into PW. They lost to PW in the regional semis the last two seasons by a total of five points after falling to the Pirates in the Class C quarters in 2018. They have won 83 games over Kenzie Bauer's four-year career. Their only missing piece at this point is is a trip to the finals and it's one it's a team that you know you mentioned the the not even close that can describe 80 percent of Kent City's games this year have been not even close. Now you have to play who's on the schedule and they they did that and they have been just absolutely on a team on a mission all year long. Um, it's 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 not an inexperienced though I mentioned Calumet. this is the first time it 's not an inexperienced team they 've got though they 've start they start four juniors and a senior very similar to kent state kent City in that uh that regard they're they're very experienced as well um calumet 's got Mary Bethlonin who's their leading scorer at 13 points a game. Alexis Strom, who's right about 10. Lizzie Tarola and Jana Locus. The lone senior is Ellie Durf, who averages 20 points per game. She's actually their leading scorer. So it's, it's going to be one where yeah, I, I think that's a very, I think it was an underrated Calumet team. A lot of times it's hard to, especially on in years like this where the UP teams aren't really playing anybody intersectionally. You don't see them at tournaments or anything like that. It's really hard to tell because they're just, you know, kind of playing each other. Um, they've Calumet certainly deserves to be here, given who they've knocked off in the last two weeks to get here. But I think Kent city is just one of those teams that kind of, they've been on a mission since they lost to PW in the regional sidelines
0: last year. There you go. Uh, again, our predictions will come at the end of the show. We go to our final division, division four, and granted, um, uh, just take note that we are recording this the day after quarters. Uh, we don't have all the information on all the teams, and, and that will be coming out in the next uh, 24 hours, You know, certainly as we get into the uh, semifinals, uh, just on all the teams. But um, here's what we know. We know that uh, Carney Nadeau uh, took on Rudyard. And uh, was able to pull that one out, and uh, they were, went in undefeated. They remain undefeated as they go to the state semifinals in Division Four. Martin and Fowler got together a, a, a couple teams. Um, you know, Martin with uh, just eleven wins coming in, but had had reached this point. Uh, it wasn't going to go any further as Fowler really uh, took care of business uh, as they won by forty uh, in that one, sixty-four to twenty-four, uh, to set up uh, that matchup between uh, Carney. and and
1: Fowler. Yeah, and Fowler is one of those. It, it's actually kind of funny enough. It's a rematch of the <laughs> 1989-90 Class D final that I'm sure all these players oh, remember so well. Right. None of them were born yet. Some of their parents might not have been born yet, but uh,
0: right?
1: Yeah, it's it, it's Carney Nadu won that matchup 56-31. Carney's it actually made six trips to the semifinals they're three and three two of the losses the last two times they were actually to one of fowler's cmac conference compatriots portland st patrick when psp had kind of that run of being Mm -hmm. one of the small school powerhouses Fowler gets kind of a little bit lost in that conference unfortunately because they've got portland st pat's it's got a legendary coach and they've got all the state titles they've got pw that's been a powerhouse over the last couple of years a lot of bigger teams too like langsburg and you know other they play it, so they play a lot of bigger schools. They also play a very tough non-conference schedule. Fowler might be fourteen and four, but their losses were to Byron, who was unbeaten. Yep. Uh before their loss in the regional uh finals, I believe. Lenaway yep. Christian, who was the two-time defending D4 champion. Yep. Uh Portland, who's still alive, and Saginaw Nouvelle, who lost on Monday. So right. I mean that's a very that's a you know, just that non-conference, aside from the fact that you play the Langsburgs and the PWs and the PSPs, you know, twice a year. They're they're kind of based around the Riley sisters, junior Mia and sophomore Emma. Um, as well as uh, junior Emma Halfman and and sophomore Avery Kanishnik. It's it's a team that has been kind of building. They were they were uh, most recently in the semifinals in 2018-19 uh, in the D4 semis, they lost to Lenaway Christian in that matchup. That was, I believe, Lenaway's first title. Um, so they've been to this level and they've been kind of at the level. For the last couple of years, like I mentioned, it's been a little bit for Carney Nadu, uh, but they were they were twenty and five last year, lost to Lance in the uh, regional semifinals. This is a pretty good Carney uh, Nadu team. When you talk about who they've beaten, they beat a seventeen win Ewan Truck team in regionals that I thought maybe might get out. Of, of the UP um, as one of the D4 teams. And a 12-win win Rudyard team in the quarters, Rudyard's one of those teams kind of like Fowler that plays in a conference with bigger teams and, yeah. you know, better-known teams in St. Ignace and uh, Sault Ste. Marie. So it's, it's you know, it's you, you, you're kind of limited on how... Exceptional, you can be in your own conference when you've got powerhouses in it, but it also tests you as you go along. So it was a very good win for Carney Nadeau in, in uh, in the quarters.
0: Absolutely. At the bottom of the bracket, really interesting. A couple of interesting stories, totally opposite. Uh, number one, uh, we had a battle. Belair and uh, Belair and, and Saginaw Nouvelle uh, went to the wire. Regulation wasn't enough. Had to go to overtime. And it was Belair pulling out that one, 43-42. Uh, from my... Uh, my text feed was, was blowing up from some of the state champs crew saying that our lady, of the lakes were down to like five players, uh, yesterday. Yep. And, uh, you know, as if the, uh, the cards maybe weren't stacked already, we were going up against, uh, a good Petersburg Somerville team. Um, they obviously, uh, couldn't keep pace and, uh, they end up falling 44 to 24.
1: Yeah. And, and Waterford, our lady of the lakes, you know, they always have their rowbacks so that's that's you know they had yeah. two two on this year's team but they they were a deep enough team and and kind of their MO when they made their run 4 or 5 years ago was Speeding other teams up, using pressure, and getting out and running, and then in the half court, you know, shooting the three. But they, when you're limited to five players, I mean, they really couldn't do that. For for one thing, they couldn't risk playing very aggressive defense to get anybody in foul trouble. For the other thing, it just right. gas-wise at this point, you can't really do that. So they were really limited in what they could do. It would be interesting to see those two teams play full strength. You know, right. I think this is a, probably an underrated Summerfield team that I think would have a shot full strength when those two teams I don't think the 20 point difference between the two when you look at, you know, how good those teams were, but you're right That's that, that Bel Air the um, uh, ball. Second a Nouvelle game yeah. was, was you know, we mentioned Nouvelle plays in the same conference as Hemlock. You know, they were they, that Nouvelle team played a stacked schedule as well. I believe their only loss in the regular season might have been to Standish Sterling. It was late right. in the season anyway. Yeah. Um, it, and uh, Bel Air is another team that plays at a very good conference with, with Gaylord St. Mary, which has kind of been one of the... No- Northern and class D powerhouses for the last decade or so playing ski Valley. They tied actually with Gaylord St. Mary for the ski Valley conference title, but they beat the snowbirds twice in the regular season. So I don't know how the tiebreaker works. And then they beat them again in the district finals. Their only losses during the regular season were to Joburg, Pickford and a very good Lake city team in the regular season uh, finale. Um, Yeah. That game last night uh, in Monday night, uh, Bel Air actually trailed with seven seconds re- left in regulation. Uh Delaney Goodwin sent it to overtime with free throws, and then Noel Mann uh, hit a big three in overtime to help win it, forty three forty two. That that was a Nouvelle team that I think we thought had a very good shot at winning a title in uh, in D four. It, it's yeah. one of those where you, you sometimes you don't realize the power that that some of the D four teams up north, north have. There's so much. There's so much. So many fewer D four teams. Once you get you know south of Lansing, really, there are quite a few in the southwest corner. There are you know tons above Clare and tons in the UP. But there are really, I mean, when you look at the kind of Lansing East and Flint South, there are only really a, a handful of D four teams. So you, you kind of you know when they play each other, it doesn't get as much notice. When you know a Bel Air plays a a Lake City or or you know whoever it may be, those 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 teams probably don't get enough credit. Just based on where they are geographically.
0: Yeah, exactly. And since uh, Nouvelle lost to Stanis Sterling, their only defeat back on March 16th, uh, they had been running the table. Uh, against uh, at everyone, and they had been uh, winning convincingly, including their last few and including a, against a good Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart team to get to the quarters. Um, but uh, that is why they play the game. Belair played them tough and uh, were able to to hold out. So uh, that's all the semifinal setup that we have for this show. What we're going to do now as we close out is we're going to give you our predictions, give you match predictions, and then we'll uh, – uh, kind of pick a winner in each division and we'll work our way backwards since we're here in division four. Uh, who do you expect uh, to get to the finals first? Um, Carney Nadeau or Fowler on that side. Who do you expect to win that game? I'm going to go ahead and pick Fowler in that one. And then in Belair, Petersburg, Somerville, Summerfield I think I'm going to pick Belair in that okay. one. So so who wins Belair and Carney Nadeau? Uh um, on the spot.
1: I picked I picked Fowler. But uh between Belair and Fowler. Oh you I'm picked Fowler. Gonna, I'm sorry, my bad.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Fowler. Okay. Go with the C max school. All right, well there you go. In division three, uh the semifinals that will take place uh actually at the Breslin, Breslin Center. Uh we have uh eighteen and one Grass Lake versus fourteen and eight Hemlock.
1: I am going to go with Grass Lake in that one.
0: Not surprised. Uh, that's the morning game. The afternoon semifinal tomorrow uh, between two twenty and O teams: Kent City and Calumet.
1: I'm going to go with the Fighting Kenzie Bowers yeah. and yep. uh, Kent City.
0: Yep, yep. Not surprised. So sets up a really good matchup, Grass Lake and Kent City for all the marbles. Who you got? Yeah, that that one will
1: be a fun one. When you kind of draw up the, I, these are my dream scenarios yeah. for title games. That probably is one of the scenarios. I'm going to go with Grass Lake. I think. Yeah. Now that they've gotten their bugaboo of you know getting their postseason run started, I don't think there's anything that's going to stop them at this point.
0: That's right. If you want to see a really good game, uh, and you uh, you know have some time on Friday, the three o'clock game on Friday is the Division Three. III- Girls Basketball Championship, or we're predicting, between Grass Lake and Kin City. Who knows? Uh, we could be uh, totally uh, off the mark here, but it uh, should be a great one. And again, if any of these other teams actually happen to beat those teams, then it might even want to see them even more. Uh, let's move to Division Two. The first semifinal taking place at Van Andel Arena on Wednesday uh, is Detroit Country Day at 15-2 and against 20-1 and Nuego.
1: This one's hard because I've seen the Country Day team, and I think, they're like I said, I think they're going to be very good. I think they're very good right now, but I don't know. I don't know if their youth is ever going to cost them, but I, I'm right. going to
0: go ahead and, and pick them uh, to beat New Ego. Okay, so the Ghosts. The Yellow Jacket ghosts will carry them through uh, into the finals. On the other side, Portland and Parma Western, two 18 win teams. The 5:30 game on Wednesday night at Van Andel Arena. Who you got moving forward? I am
1: going to pick the Portland Red Raiders.
0: All right. So the Red Raiders and the Yellow Jackets, Detroit Country Day, and Portland in the finals. That is and the 5:30 to- game, which is usually the later game uh, in Division Two.
1: It's, it's always been a bad idea to pick against Country Day in the finals. If they get right. there, they win it. That's kind of the yeah. rule.
0: Not, not in
1: football, but, but in girls' basketball, no, it's yes, a different girls story. basketball. They yeah. did win this year in um, football. So. Right, right. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Portland in this one.
0: Okay. Uh, I think that one should be a good battle as well. Uh, let's move to Division One, and that's, uh, I think, what we all, uh, you know, where the cream of the crop truly lies this season with teams like Edison and, and Harperwood's Chandler Park, uh, who were out of the tournament uh, to no fault of their own, but uh, to the uh, wonderful coronavirus. Um, Wayne Memorial and Detroit Renaissance, this is part two. Two, uh, they did meet uh, earlier in the season. Uh, who do you have winning that one, which is the three o'clock game at the Breslin Center on Wednesday? It's kind of
1: funny. I, I actually had when I was trying to do my district pick or excuse right. me, regional picks. It, it was kind of a toss up, given the fact that I thought that all four of the teams that were in that region had a at least theoretical chance of winning it. Yeah. And so I kind of posted that on Twitter and Shane, the wall the Renaissance coach, when I walked past his bench for the district or for the regional semifinals, looked at me kind of funny. He went, who'd you pick? And I said, I picked you Shane. Well, now that I've seen them kind of flip the switch, I'm not going to pick against them regardless of who they're playing. I think I'm going to go with Renaissance in the first one.
0: There you go. All right. And in the bottom side, uh, we have again a couple of powers. Uh two teams who have won more than twenty games already this season. Hudsonville at twenty one and one and Midland Dow at twenty two and oh. I have a feeling I know where you're gonna go with this one.
1: Do you? Um, uh,
0: maybe I don't.
1: This was this one's a tough one. It, again, like the, the quarterfinal matchup between Dow and and Hartland, yeah. and and Dow's already made me look dumb a couple of times. Yeah, um, not the first time that the Dow High right. uh, faithful have done that in my life. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Hudsonville in this one. And if if Dow pulls it out, I will give all the kudos in the world. I think that team is a great team and Kyle Tyson is a great coach. I'm just going to go with the size in this one.
0: All right. Sometimes uh, maybe they appreciate that. They need a little bulletin board material. Uh, we'll they'll just, just call it, me a
1: uh, chemist. That's what they'll do.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. Uh, talking about their rivals from Midland. All right, right, so you've got Midland Dow going up against Detroit Renaissance for the Division yep. One champion. I'm sorry, Hudsonville. Nope, Hudsonville. And, yep. Hudsonville and Detroit Renaissance going at it for the championship in Division One. Who you got?
1: Renaissance thought that they had every shot, and they did to win it last year. Felt a little robbed. They feel like they're playing for two titles. They're going to win one of them here, I have a feeling.
0: Wow! So I'm Shane Law's go crew is gonna gonna do it. Yep. The the former Oakland University Golden Grizzly now coaching the. The Renaissance Hoop Squad, and he's uh, Matt has got uh, Detroit Renaissance winning the state championship in Division One. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for our quarters recap, semis preview, and finals prediction. Uh, I want to thank Matt Maori for uh, being on in this special edition of Hang Time. Uh, This one, you know, if you're listening, wondering for the boys, the boys will be uh, the next day. So, whenever you're listening to this, uh, this one I plan on having up to night and we'll have up Wednesday night the boys uh, hang time podcast doing the exact same thing except talking about what the fellas are doing as they get their quarters kicked off we record this on Tuesday on Tuesday night which is where I'll be headed out shooting a game tonight so uh, Matt thanks a lot now again I always like to say this at the end of the show for uh, people who want to follow you on Twitter and and get your thoughts and and reactions to uh, what's taking place over the next several days what's the best way to do that
1: uh, anything you want to know about the next couple of days at the uh, semifinals that I'm able to attend? Obviously, I can't be in both places at the same right. time, but I will. I will be at the Breslin Center uh, for all four days. Um, it's uh, at full court coverage. It's F U L L C R T coverage, um, or or you can just do my name and and figure it out from there. Sometimes I end up mistakenly posting on my main Twitter account, which is Matthew B. Right. Mowry. So. Sometimes you'll find it there, but most times it will be on the basketball one.
0: Yes, so he has a few different Twitter accounts, but one specifically that he uh, tries to put all his basketball content on full court coverage, uh, and court is just CRT. Uh, otherwise, uh, one word full core coverage and, uh, of course, follow and like and share everything on state champs, Michigan. Uh, we've got a ton of games that, uh, we are covering, uh, this week for the show. Uh, I do want to, uh, in fact, I can do that now. I can give you some of the, uh, content that we will have so that you can look forward to seeing those highlights. Uh, Coming up on Stage Champs. Just give me a second here because I did not have them uh, prepared in front of me, but um, I think it would be wise to tell you what we are covering. So uh, hang on one sec and just bear with me. And here we go. Uh, so as far as quarters coverage, um, what we had uh, cameras out to, we did have games uh, at the uh, Heartland Midland Dow game, which is definitely one you want to check out the highlights for. The Renaissance Landscrews North game, we had a camera out at that one. The Hudsonville East Lansing game, we had that one, which was at Calvin University. And the uh, I believe we were able to get our UP station to cover the Calumet Maple City Glen Lake game. So that's what we had as far as quarters. Uh, as far as semifinals go, Uh, And I can tell you for sure that we are going to have the D3 game uh, at 1230. Uh, from the Breslin, and we'll have the 3 o'clock and the 5.30. So we for sure will have those games uh, covered on the ladies' side. And, of course, we'll have our own state final show covering all four matchups of the Girls Basketball State Championships taking place at the Breslin Center this Friday. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll have one more show next week where we recap the boys and the Girls Basketball State Finals. For Matt Mowry, I'm Lauren Plant. We'll talk to you next week. Good luck, ladies.